Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, and today we're going to talk about a very important question is how do I know that this is a good deal? When you're running a business, you're going to be presented with a ton of different options and you got to be able to figure out, is this a good deal for my business or is this not a good deal? And we're going to talk about that on today's show. Now, normally you'll see myself and my amazing, beautiful wife on the show, but today I'm doing this one solo but you're still gonna get a lot of value. Don't worry. And Lola will be back for more episodes. It's just, hey, she's got a lot going on. She's doing some great stuff. I mean, she's creating a ton of relationships and networking, doing a lot of great things in the Spanish speaking business community. So she's taking care of a lot of things, but hey, you're still gonna get value. So now let's jump into the question that people submitted. And one of the questions we get a lot is, how do I know that this is a good deal? Well, when it comes down to that question, I always tell people, it's a great thing that you're asking that question. Because a lot of people, when they look at different business deals, they get excited about, you know, the little bells and whistles. They get excited about, hey, this object over here looks shiny or, hey, this person said it could make money. But when you're a business owner, you really have to take a step back and say, you know what, let me really understand this deal. And is this deal really good for my business? Because if the deal is not good for your business, then no matter how much you like it, you probably shouldn't move forward with the deal. Now, of course, this is the finance and the accounting show. So we're gonna deal with what are some of the financial and the accounting topics you should probably consider when you're looking at analyzing the deal. And I like to tell people, I call this deal economics because you know, if you are not taking the time to really lift up the hood and really check this deal out, you could be walking into a bad situation. I mean, think about this. You know, imagine a person who goes to buy a car and let's say they're going to buy a used car. So this car isn't brand new. It's been owned by someone else. When you go buy a car, I mean, especially if it is a used car, are you gonna just walk in and say, hey, I'll take this card based on what it looks like and the car salesman or saleswoman tells you that, hey, you can take your family out in this car, you guys can go to the beach, you guys can go on your enjoy family vacations and it'll be great. Would you just buy that car or would you take some time to really think about it and say, hey, you know what? Let me do a little bit of research on this. So when it comes to buying a car, you can look at the blue book and or you can look at, you know, collision history on it. And what if you looked at that car and you saw, hey, this car has been totaled twice. Now, if you don't know what, you know, a car being totaled means, what it simply means is the car has been in an accident and the insurance company said this damage is beyond what we're willing to pay to have it fixed. It's cheaper to just pay you for the value of the car than it is to actually fix it. That's kind of what it means to be total loss. So this car has been totaled twice. So even though the insurance company wouldn't fix it, the person who owned it, they got a way to fix it. Car got back on the road, got into another accident, got totaled again. Now, if this car has been totaled twice, which means there's been a lot of work, which could mean that there's some underlying issues with this car, would you just outright buy it? Or would you want to say, hey, you know what? 
I need to get my mechanic over here to take a look at this a little bit more. Or, hey, I actually want to look under the hood. Or, hey, I want to go test drive this. I mean, you would do something to actually do a little bit more due diligence before you just hand over the money and put your family in the car and just take off. Now, the truth is, most people understand that. And most people, if you said that scenario to them, they would agree with you. But when it comes down to business, unfortunately, there are a lot of people who really, they just don't do any due diligence on their deals. I mean, one of the very obvious ones for a lot of newer entrepreneurs is someone calls and they want to do business with them. They're like, hey, new customer calls, that customer wants to do business. And you tell the customer your price, say, hey, my price will be you know, $1,500 a month for me to provide that service. The person on the other end of the phone says, ah, oh, that's a bit much. What kind of discounts can you do? And after this going back and forth, you're down to $600 a month. Now, you're a new business owner. You're excited to get the revenue. So you say yes to the deal. You bring him in at $600 a month. And then you realize this work is more than $600 worth and you're kicking yourself for it. Again, that's probably one of those situations where that new business owner was so anxious and excited about getting a deal that they really didn't look and analyze the deal and really do the homework before they said yes to the deal. So when it comes down to being in business, one of your greatest qualities is going to be your ability to actually analyze a deal. I mean, in fact, you know, I heard someone say that, you know, you really make money on the front end of your deal, not on the back end. And I learned that from personal experience, like when I, investing in real estate. One of the things that I've seen a lot of people do is they get into a real estate deal and on this idea that, hey, I'm going to make this much profit to get into the real estate deal. And they realize, you know what? This deal ain't working out for us. And they don't really make a lot of money on the deal. And part of it is because they didn't do the due diligence up front because the truth of the matter is the price or the cost to get into this situation will definitely determine a lot of, hey, how much profit do you walk away with at the end? And the thing is, you don't wait until after you sign the contract to actually look and analyze the deal. You do that beforehand. Because when it comes down to profit on a deal or profiting your business or just knowing if a deal is good or not, you can kind of tell before you go into the deal. I mean, and it doesn't take a lot of rocket science to figure it out. I mean, in fact, that's exactly what I help a lot of businesses do is we do analysis before they step into a deal. In fact, I was on a call with a client earlier and we were talking through, you know, one of the deals that they were looking at. And, you know, initially when they were looking at the deal, they said, hey, this deal is great. And I said, OK, all right, give me a couple of hours to do a little bit of digging. After doing some digging, what I realized is there was a lot of costs that they weren't considering, which if they started considering it made the deal look a little less attractive. And so because I was able to catch that before they signed the dotted line, we were able to fix things and get things ready to you know, improve things before they put themselves in a bad spot. So I always tell people, you wanna analyze the deal up front. Now that you kind of got the spiel, you know, let's walk through a little bit of it because I like to help people understand, not only should you actually 
analyze the deal. But hey, here are some areas of things you should actually take a look at. So let's take a look at it. All right, first one is gonna be revenue. What I always tell people is, when you're looking at a deal and you're trying to go into this new deal, the first thing that I wanna ask myself is, what is the impact to the revenue of going into this deal? I mean, let's be honest. When it comes down to business, most of the decisions that you're going to make in your business, they do have a revenue impact to it. Or let me say, they have a direct or an indirect you know, revenue impact to it. For example, if you're thinking about, hey, we're going to upgrade our computer systems. One of the questions that I always ask my clients and even in my own business, when Lola and I have those conversations, I'm like, okay, all right, if we upgrade this computer equipment, all right, what is going, how is this going to help us create more revenue for the business? Like, is there a revenue factor to this? And sometimes that answer is, you know, a definite yes. It will allow us to process, you know, our, our process, our client work faster, or this will allow us to speed up this step so that we can work on other things. I mean, and sometimes, hey, this computer program will allow us to work on three clients instead of one at a time, which has a clear direct revenue impact. But on the other hand, if we're saying that, hey, this computer program will help reduce the amount of time we're spending on this so that we can actually create more time to work on client stuff, that has a little bit more of an indirect. Now, of course, Everybody wants to say that this 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 you know new thing or this thing that I want to spend money on is going to bring in more revenue. But what you as a business owner have to do is really dig a little bit deeper and really ask yourself, is this really going to bring in more revenue? I mean, if it's direct, it'll be obvious. Hey, by spending money on this, this will allow us to close X number of deals or bring in X number of customers. You can kind of get that. I mean. One of the obvious ones is marketing. If we spend money on marketing, it should lead to X amount of additional revenue. And if you kind of compare those two, you kind of get an idea of, hey, this is beneficial or not. But when it comes to the indirect side, that's where you really have to really have to dig a little bit deeper. I mean, because one of the biggest things for a lot of businesses is when it comes down to efficiency. They say that, well, spending money on this will allow us to do this faster so we can go meet new customers. And I was also asked the question, even when I work for Fortune 500 companies, all right, you're telling me that by doing this, it will allow you to go out and meet with new customers. Now, can you tell me today, how many new customers are you gonna meet with by if we spend money on this? And a lot of times, that whole idea about spending time with more customers it made sense in theory, but if you really aren't going to go execute on it, this might not be the best thing for us to really look at. And that that indirect or incremental revenue that they were talking about might not really happen. So the next area is going to be on cost. Now, one of the things you really, really want to keep an eye on, and it comes down to your cost in your business, is really, is this going to drive cost up? Or is this going to drive costs down? Is cost going to stay flat? And then you also want to kind of break it down a level to say, okay, all right, 
is this going to be an impact to our fixed cost or is this going to be a variable cost? Now, a fixed cost is, hey, no matter what we do, we're going to have to pay this. For example, your rent on whatever like office space or facility that you're in, whether you have customers come in or not, you need to pay your rent. That's going to be a fixed cost. It's going to be pretty flat. Now, a variable cost may be something like, you know, let's say if you run a restaurant, variable cost may be the cost of food. If you don't have customers buying the food, then you don't have to buy the food yourself. Like you don't have to pay the supplier for the food if customers aren't buying it. So that cost will vary depending on what your customer activity is. Now, if you're in a situation where, hey, you got a ton of new customers coming in and they're buying more and more food, then you're going to pay more. You will see your food costs go up, which means that's variable. So you want to understand with this deal, this deal that I'm considering, what is it going to do to my cost? And what is it going to do to my fixed cost? And what is it going to do to my variable cost? And you want to understand those very, very clearly. Now, one of the things that I see a lot of people kind of struggle with sometimes is really sorting that out. Because sometimes when you're analyzing a deal, you don't know what type of cost to expect. I mean, if I go back to the real estate example, I mean, there have been plenty of people that I've seen that have looked at, hey, we're going to flip this house. And based on our initial assessment, you know, this is how much it will cost us. And you get into the deal and you realize, hey, it's actually costing you more. And so you realize that there might have been some kind of, I guess you say, shortcomings in your ability to estimate. So I always advise people, here's some very clear advice. If you are trying to analyze the cost and the cost impact, you probably want to do a little bit of more research and probably bring in people or experts who kind of have a better gauge on this, where they can kind of tell, hey, you know what? Let me give you a better estimate because there may be things going on that you don't understand. For example, when I'm working with a, a, with a business and they're like, hey, we're trying to expand and we want to open up a second location. And when I go through and when they go through the numbers and they tell me, hey, this is what we think it may cost. And when I start to dig in, inevitably, I always find that, hey, there are some things you're not really considering here that you probably should go back and consider. because. If you get into this deal with those faulty cost expectations and when the real costs are coming in, you're going to not like this deal so much. And that's what unfortunately happens to a lot of business owners is they make a decision because they thought that it was going to cost them X, but it's really costing them Y. And now they're in a bad spot. So you want to make sure that you're digging in to understand what's the cost impact going to be by making or signing up for this deal. The next thing you want to look at is the profit. Of course, this is going to be pretty much a combination of taking the incremental revenue minus the additional incremental cost that you're going to see, or if you're going to actually save or cut costs or actually reduce your expenses, then that becomes an additional benefit there. So you always want to look at those things when you're trying to make, you know, a decision about, you know, 
any type of deal you go into, whether that's changing your suppliers or whether that's bringing on a new customer, you want to ask yourself, hey, what is this deal going to do for our revenue? What is it going to do for our cost? And then ultimately, hey, how is this going to impact our profit? Now, there's another area that I think this one is probably by far the most overlooked area. And it's sad to say that because this is probably the area that most businesses are struggling with in 2020, as well as going into 2021. A lot of businesses are severely struggling with this because they're not analyzing this part of a deal. They'll jump into a deal, but they won't analyze this next part. And that part that is probably the most critical is cash flow. Yes, if you are not thinking about what is the cash impact of this deal, you are severely, severely putting yourself at risk of hurting your business because there are a ton of people who have signed these great deals. And when you look at a deal in total, you know what? The deal may be profitable. And you may say, hey, we're going to make a lot of money on this deal. But I always ask people, okay, what does the cash flow timeline look like for that deal? I mean, yes, you may make, you know, you know, $150,000 over the next 12 months. But when does that money actually come in? Like, when are you actually going to be able to collect the cash compared to when do you have to actually pay out the cash? Because if you're in a situation where you need to pay all of these expenses now, but you're not going to get the cash for another six months, the question I would ask you is, can you even afford that? Because as you probably heard on a ton of the finance and accounting shows is we believe, you know, similar to chess, cash is king. And in chess, when the king is down, that means game over. And the same thing happens in your business when it comes down to cash. If you run out of cash, then your business, I mean, that's just the definition of bankrupt. You don't have cash to pay the bills to keep your business alive, to be able to realize that profit. So I always tell people, if you're going to analyze a deal, you definitely want to analyze not only the revenue, the cost, and get down to the, what the profit impact is, but you want to analyze the cash flow so you understand what's the impact on my cash if I make this deal. Now, I know we went through this pretty quickly, but there is a way that you can get a little bit more in depth. And there is a training that I created, and that training is called, you know what, Understanding Deal Economics, where we walk through examples of different types of deals and how I analyze them because I'm constantly analyzing deals, whether that's for my clients or even in my own business of different things I'm considering investing in. What we are constantly looking at that to say, okay, all right, is this a good deal? Yes or no. And I always tell people, don't always just trust your gut feeling. Now your gut feeling can give you an indication, but when it comes down to business, you want to be able to back it up with numbers because your gut feeling may get you in the right general direction. But when you actually learn how to analyze a deal, and trust me, in this training, we'll break it down to where 
you'll get good at the point where you'll be able to start looking at deals and start seeing kind of how the numbers go to let you know in a very short period of time whether you should invest the time to even dig even deeper. Because there are a lot of times where different people may bring me a business plan or business model. And because I spend a lot of times looking at deals, they'll bring me a business model. I'll look at it and see, based on a couple of things, like, ah, based on where your gross margin is, yeah, I don't think that's gonna be a good business for you to invest in. Because I kinda know what it's like because I'm in the process of constantly analyzing deals. So I definitely think you should definitely go over to the Business Talk Library University and check out that course, Understanding Deal Economics, because as a business owner, you are going to have to get really good at being able to tell whether a deal is good or not.